You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah, they're, they're real, real calm, real solid. I mean, the one goes through them, but it's a bang-bang play, so, you know, it's uh, it's really quick. Um, but he was, yeah, he, he, he seemed real calm, right? Um, we talk about Cam being calm and... and uh, you know, relax back there and helps our group calm down and, and uh, Capo did the same thing here too. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. That that was a, uh, I would guess, a very pleased Dean mm-hmm. Everson Wild Coach talking about his team's 5-2 win against the Islanders, which completes a very successful weekend for the Wild on which they go to Pittsburgh and get uh, two points. They win in a shootout and then they beat a really good Islanders team tonight at the X. And right now, as we talk, Zolgad, Declan Goff, Judd's Hockey Show, the Wild has played 11 games. They are eight and three. They have 16 points and they are in first place, one point ahead of the St. Louis Blues who have a game in hand and two points up on the Winnipeg Jets who have also played 11 games. And Dex, I want to start with this because I'd, okay. I'd be curious to get your thoughts. So the Wild did indeed again rally tonight, down uh, two to one after two periods. So it continues the it continues the trend of them uh, coming back to win games after being behind. Mm-hmm. That being said, tonight felt different to me. Like last night, it was a mad scramble, right? Uh, Hartman scores with what a second plus left. And they came back, and that's impressive. But tonight, as Dean said at one point in his press conference, too, and he's right, this was a really good game. Like, this was a really well-played, I thought, fun game. Um, but this didn't feel like uh, like um, you're down and then you have to come back, and oh, my God. When you play a third period like the Wild did tonight against a good team, and you outshoot them 16-2, to two, and score um, two goals. Uh, Hartman tied it at seven seventeen. At nine eighteen, Duhame scored to give uh, the Wild a three two lead, and then Brodeen and Dumba scored an empty net goal. So it's pretty much, in essence, a one goal game. But this felt to me because the third period was so impressive, mm-hmm. like it was far from, uh, oh my God, let's come back, let's we have to come back. we and and there was just more control tonight. And tonight's win, I was really impressed by. Well, I think the difficult thing uh, when you're looking at the sustainability of a team that basically was coming into today with a negative goal differential um, was having to rally a lot. Uh, Is that sustainable from an analytical perspective? No, it's just not. However, um, this is where you can't get blinded completely by analytics. And this is why... The eye test, which, yes, still exists to the hockey analytics crowd out there. And by the way, I'm a defender of analytics. I think they're great for the game. But you have to marry the two together. And what you're seeing over these last half dozen games or so, and honestly for the majority of the season, is 
there's things that analytically make sense with this team, and there's things with the eye test that also look completely different in a good way for this team. Um, they're night and day different from from the old guard, and they have they have done a phenomenal job over the last two years. And some some might even say like, why are we still talking about the old guard? Because it was still there even after they traded you know the core players of Zucker, Nino, Coyle two three years ago. You still had a Suter laying around. You still had a Parise hanging around. It, it is now completely gutted. Bill Guerin took a humongous risk, and this could still and is going to bite them financially hard, mm-hmm. but it was to clean out that room and have a completely different sense of this is now our, this is now our team. This is this new group here. Kirill Kaprizov's obviously a superstar. Kevin Fiala is a game-breaker, even though he doesn't, only has one goal through the first 11 games. There's now 10, goal, 10 games uh, without a goal, but still is playing very well and, and playing noticeably well. Kapo Kakinen steps in tonight for just his second start after a very shaky first start and gave you a boat of confidence, um, which is probably my biggest takeaway from this evening's game against the Islanders is Kapo gave you a vote of confidence for the first time in a while. You can trust him. And this is what we wanted to figure out. I, I am more on the jury that Kapo Kakinen might not be the long-term answer um, as a sustainable backup goalie for a team that has cup aspirations, but he's young, and I can certainly be proven wrong on that. I've already been proved wrong with Marcus Foligno uh, being the heart and soul and, and natural goal scorer of this team, which I didn't see coming. Ryan Hartman might be the best damn bargain in the NHL right now with six goals at $1.9 million. Um, so, yes, there, there, there's things that might not be sustainable from an analytical side, but you can just tell watching this team, it has a different vibe to it. And, and last thing on it, mm-hmm. Judd, because I, I think it'd be very classic for teams if, man, what if in Minnesota sports we were saying, Oh, but they, they play so well for 40 minutes, but then they always collapse in the third. What, 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 what can they do to always, you know, stop for always collapsing? Well, now it's, that's flipped, right? Like they, they're getting off to maybe some slow, mediocre starts, and they find ways to win games. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. The Vikings aren't able to do that, for God's sakes. The Wolves haven't been able to do that for the last week. This team finds ways to win games, and I think it starts with their leadership and that culture in the room. I agree, and, and so on Capo also felt like the team in front of him tonight played a really solid game. Like I like this game. This game to me was a great game. Um, and, and when you give up a total of two third period shots, that's just impressive. As far as this team structure goes too, here's what intrigues me where Bill Guerin talked about this. Um, and I think, and, and, you know, Small sample size alert. But right now, Dex, I think he might be right, too. This team not only is like a different team, because gone are your selfish me first. Why didn't I get the puck to score? An empty net goal. Jonas Brodin, why would you shoot the puck all the way down the ice when you can pass to me and I can score that goal? Um, that That's gone, which is great. The other thing, though, Dex, is this team with its young core – is really deep. Like we've talked about the financial hurt that is going to come uh, starting in 2000, what, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that hurt is going to be a real thing. Salary cap wise, the Parisi and, and Suter buyouts are going to bite you in the ass and they will mm-hmm. to a certain point. But what Bill Guerin keeps saying is, well, you don't get the fact that we have good depth here, young depth. And when you look at the contributions, that this team gets on a nightly basis from different players. And that's what impresses me. You know, if we went back five years and you could uh, transplant um, Fiala and Kaprizov to those teams, right? Their current, especially 
in Kevin's case, his flat-out goal-scoring slump. And Kevin Fiala has played some good games here. So I'm not saying he's he's playing poorly. But he is, as you know, you can uh, tell folks, because you certainly told me in the press box tonight, he is certainly in a drought, right? So ordinarily, like, this would cost them. Like, we'd be, we would be doing a show saying, how can you get those guys to score? Because it's killing them. It's killing them. It's killing them. Um, Brandon Duhame is shooting yeah. the puck, yeah, and he's yeah. scoring. Um, you know, to your point again, Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman. I mean, here. so the guy's got six goals. Tonight when he scored, uh, he looked up at the scoreboard to watch his goal, I think, and then they showed him, and he was – he was peeved like he wasn't pleased. And I think it, it's because he, he had missed on some previous opportunities. But the expectation that players on this team, which now goes four lines deep, four lines deep, um, have for themselves bodes really well, as opposed to the old days of Zach Parisi's not scoring. What are they going to do? Right. So the totality of the difference here to me is absolutely huge. You are, you're now operating and this is going to sound really weird to say you're now operating with a team Declan. Yeah. You're not operating with, well, if you know, Kevin Fiala is essentially an independent contractor and if he's not scoring, they're screwed. You're operating with a team that has line combinations and can juggle things and can get guys who you don't expect much from. I mean, do you remember how long we watched fourth line guys here and basically said, well, they're not going to do much. Of course they're not going to. Right. That's changed. Here's the crazy thing, Judd, because I think, um, and this happened in the Vegas series. They said, we're going to take away Kirill Kaprizov and can the rest of the Minnesota wild beat us? which, by the way, is a very good strategy, I think, obviously. Kirill Kaprizov's the most talented player on your team. But so far, and box score-wise, too, uh, this is where you have to parse things out. Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, and mostly the latter, have not been dynamic, have not been beating you solely. And in return, you could say, all right, well, that means we have to worry about, what, guys like Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno, a hard worker like Joel Eriksson Eck? Yeah. And now all of a sudden those guys are getting goals. Now all of a sudden it's, oh, like we, we've taken away Kirill and we've taken away Kevin Fiala's goal scoring ability, but now there's other guys in this team that can score. This Brandon Duhame guy who no one saw coming and was just a, not an afterthought, but uh, uh, was, was not being talked about on, on, as the last guy to make this team has been very noticeably good in the, in the first dozen games this season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, I think, what is so scary to me. As Hunter, even our YouTube comment section, by the way, if you want daily Minnesota Wild conversations, hit the subscribe button. We'll provide those for you right here on our Score North YouTube channel. Uh, He says, once both Fiala and Kaprizov are hot, we will be absolutely incredible. And that is probably a good assumption. But also, Fiala and Kaprizov aren't necessarily scoring goals, but they're doing noticeable things, and yet other players are scoring goals. Ryan Hartman has six goals. Marcus Foligno has five goals. Eck has four goals. The Wilds defense continues to pile up tons of points. I believe I saw. I believe they lead the league um, in points by defensemen as a group this year. The Wild lead the league by the most points from their blue liners. So Kirill and Fiala have been taken away in terms of scoring goals, and the Wild are still finding ways to win games. That's that I think is also a, a big takeaway that we aren't really discussing and really didn't see coming. And and as far as I can tell, Declan, nobody's pouting. Nobody's upset. Nobody is is trying to say, well, I should get my shots, right? I mean, pass me the damn puck, right? Um, it's just a different, it's so 
different. And I, I'm going to give you one player, and he's a, a very good player to start with, but I'm going to give you one player to me who has benefited mightily from the changes in, in having a new defensive partner, Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. Jer- Jared Spurgeon has always done the right things. Like he's always, and it's incredible because he's such a small guy and to play the position he plays as well and effectively as he does is absolutely to me miraculous. But I watch him now um, with Sudergon instead playing with uh, Goligoski on a nightly basis. And I see a guy who's so confident now and, and is so sure of what he can and can't do. Um, that it's, uh, and, and look, it's not like, oh my God, he wasn't that good. And now he, and now he is, it's the little things that he can do now, but this is where this team is so different. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, I don't think that we have the clip, but Dean Evason was asked in his post-game presser tonight, specifically about, I believe the question was about, is what you're doing sustainable? Because it goes back to, to what you've said, which is, it's not really. Um, so, like, can you continue to come back? Because right now, they just do. And Dean, in Dean fashion, answered the question. And then he went on, and I believe it was off of this question, that he, Declan, went on a... and basically talked about the lack of selfishness Mm -hmm. the fact that players are selfless Hmm. the fact that everybody works hard Mm -hmm. and make no mistake in my opinion the night they came on the night that you played for the first time here zach parisi and a night after you played against two jason zucker um i don't think it was because dean didn't have to go there and dean did and look he's justified he's a thousand percent right so shot or not, he, he was saying the right thing. But when you look at this thing right now and how different it feels and, and you know, granted we are in the room post game, which I would love to see what that feeling is in there. I yeah. think it would be incredibly intriguing uh, if, if we could pass that on to the, those of you who enjoy Judd's hockey show so much, I would like to pass that information on, but, I'm just talking about the feel from watching this team and being around people who are affiliated. Declan, um, this is this is what we wanted. This is what everybody wanted. This is the first time that these guys have had an actual team in years and years. And and the nice thing is contributions in different ways on a nightly basis come from different places, but it doesn't seem like, well, I got to play with that guy, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm not first line or I'm not starting. Um, all of that for now, knock on wood, seems to have dried up. Well, Judd, look at the shootout last night. And by the way, I, I despise shootouts. Like you, you and I have, have made that point. Three on three hockey is great. They start, what? They went last night. Goudreau, Frederick Goudreau was the first person. And I, even I was like, are you really? Freddie Goudreau, you're going to start the shootout? Because I even said if if Kirill and Fiala aren't the first two bleeping people out on this ice for this damn shootout, which I already hate, if these two guys aren't the first two out, I'm going to lose my mind. So they went Goudreau, Kirill, and Kirill shootout goal. I mean, oh, my God, just like effortlessly. I didn't even know he shot the damn puck. Um, And Jari never saw it. And then Fiala gets stoned. But then they sent out Nick Bukestead. And, you know, you overanalyze your shootout. Tendencies, but I, I even then looked back on it, and because at first 
when I see Goudreau and Bukestad in a shootout lineup, I'm like, what are we? What what the hell? This is how you want to? You're you're gonna punt here. But then I kind of remembered and I went back to the old old thinking because Judd, how many times would it have been? Well, we'll send out Miko for that backhand toe drag. We'll send out Eric Stahl who really can't skate and does has no yeah. speed and is gonna get stoned. You know how. how it is. It is a. It's a. It's a change of the guard. It's a change of the times that the Wild trust these other players that can deliver for them. And to me, I have been so st- uh, sucked into that old Wild mindset of like, well, here comes Koivu, here comes Eric Stahl, here comes the same old shootout guys. When in reality, it's it's these guys that are being empowered, and it's completely different. It's why Marcus Foligno has an A. It's why I think Matt Dumba has an A, and now has a completely different level to his game um, on the ice as well. It's it is insane to think that it, it really took three years to change that tune, um, because you had to shed so much weight and have a basically two different GMs coming here, one not being great, and one I think who has a really good uh, a, a look at what this team can do in Bill Guerin uh, to say that th- this had to change, and if that meant that we're gonna have to eat some dead money on our cap for a long time, we're okay with that. Yep, yep, and Ryan is gone because of that, and. That is why. So, like, it it had nothing with Zach. It's about performance too, um, be, because I mean, we saw it again tonight. He's slow now. I'm sure he can play a role, but I mean, he is a he he is a role player, and there's no way that you could have had a smooth transition to calling Zach in and saying we're not going to buy you out, and you're going to play a small role. Good luck. But Ryan Suter was bought out solely because of the fact that the wild deemed it and they were right necessary to change how that room felt. And, and I've been told from day one of training camp, the difference has been huge. Um, And yeah, Nick Bukestead scoring the winning goal in the shootout is so beautifully different. I mean, it's such an embraceable moment. And you know what, in a year or I'm, I'm sorry, in, Next game, Dex, who knows? I mean, Jared Spurgeon could score that right. goal. I don't know. But, yeah, they are – the reason why the, the Wild um, is willing to go through the financial pain here is because of the fact that their best chance to win is to have a team. And they didn't – and, I, you know, in fairness, last year with the changes, they were trending towards that, but they weren't there yet. And this is, this is how you – and. It's it's a long way off. I get that. But Declan, this is how you win in the spring. Like you don't win in the, the spring by saying if Kevin Fiala does not score, we are screwed. You know, if Kirill Kaprizov does not score, you have to know that your opponent is going to focus on your stars. And so can you get secondary scoring from guys? And the only way to count on that is to have them be empowered. The only way to say, you know what? Ryan Hartman, we need you. Well, you can't say that if all year long you've basically been saying you're more of a third or fourth line guy and guys don't want to play with, with you because you don't bring the skill set here. Um, and so this is th- the dynamic here ha- has changed. And I was tonight's game just impressed me a lot because you were going toe to toe with a really good team, yeah. a really disciplined team. In my opinion, one of the better teams probably in this league. Easily. And and you played a really good game. You know, it, it's not not like you got down. You know, four one. It, it's not like you were imploding. You got down by one goal twice. You came back, and the third period you came out and you played 
fantastic. So, yeah, this is knock on wood because, you know, we're, we're not exactly a long way into the season. But knock on wood, this is a, a really impressive game and two games because you did it in different ways. And you got four points where where previously this team gets me like what two points one point mm-hmm. like the old you know the old guard does not come back last night for sure and tonight they might come back but I'm not sure that they do yeah and these back to backs can be tough and you're a you're I believe now an eighth I believe my my St Cloud State math you're an eighth through your season right here you're coming up on that Thanksgiving break the Wild have a ton of points you need to, you, need, you need to make it all all the points you can make right now. Yep. And they have back-to-backs on the road this week, obviously, at Arizona, at Vegas. Vegas will be a tough game. You get a couple softies afterwards in the Kraken and San Jose after that. Uh, but then you got the Stars, who are underperforming a bit, but still a, a, a decent team. Florida, who you could make a case, might be the best team in the NHL. Um, and then the Lightning after that. And you have to absolutely make hay against these teams. And so it's, for you to get four points, I mean, usually if, if you take two out of four on a back-to-back, you'll say, all right, that, we'll take that any day. Two out of four points. Coming on a back-to-back, especially a road-to-home back-to-back where you're traveling, that can be awfully tough. And yeah, I agree. I think the Islanders, you can make a serious case, are a top-five team and have a very good chance to win the whole damn thing this year. If yep. not now, then when? Um, and Matthew Barzell, as you and I were gushing about in the press box, I mean, legit, maybe, obviously, obviously, Connor McDavid is the most talented player to watch, and he's and he's fun to watch in person, too. I, I would put Barzell right up there in just terms of funness to watch. I mean, the guy... Flies. He absolutely flies up and down the ice. Yep. Anders Lee, the Minnesota boy, has a couple goals tonight, too. And you beat a, a good Islanders team. You beat a very good Islanders team, and I think it says a lot. Last question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess Gre- Greenway is going to uh, practice on Tuesday and might be set to come back very soon here. Who do you take out to get him back in? So, I mean, you, you can take out Rem Pitlick because Rem Pitlick, like, played like six minutes tonight i think in in the entire three periods of action you can take out rask as well he's centered but he can come out i just this team is playing so well and i i hate to just bail on him because when he's healthy he should be able to play and, and he's Jordan a greenway is a better player than rem pitlick and victor he, rask yeah but dex he he comes but, back right now fourth line guy right yeah he's not yeah 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 you Ek don't Felino, fiala i really like yeah you don't i'm that. not gonna i'm not gonna break that those guys up fiala to me on that line works his butt off mm-hmm. i'm not gonna break those no. three up are you no. um you know no i i think he comes back but i think unless he comes back and plays great and that this m- might be the type of uh uh jumping out point that jordan needs i think you come back and say dude you're back but you are a fourth line wing until you prove until you beat one of the you know top three guys out or top guys on, on those top three lines, you are a fourth line guy right now. Yeah, he's a fourth line guy. I mean, you could make an interchangeable case on basically Victor Rask, Rem Pitlick, uh, yeah, even Bukestead maybe. But I like what Bukestead. No, I'm, been no, I'm, not, I'm, not, scratching I'm not scratching Bukestead. him. Bukestead and Greenway can be uh, the wings on my fourth line, which is ex- which is why, yeah, I, I think even when he gets healthy here and off the injured reserve and, and is actually active, you're going to see him poss- potentially be a healthy scratch. This team's playing so well, what you you, you had to keep playing him. Um, so no, I, I think there's a case where he is a healthy scratch here soon. 
because um, I, I don't know how he really fits into this lineup long term. I've already been kind of out with him for the last year, and I know he led the team in assists last season, but I, I don't really know how he fits into the, the plans now. I'm debate. I'm debating that one because guys get hurt. Yep. Like I, I get your point. Yep. I don't disagree with you. Uh, but guys get hurt. But I think if you bring him back and say you are a fourth line player, that's gonna irk him, which is awesome, which is good, right? Sure. And so, him. and so, I think that that you you basically tell him, hey, look, you didn't play great, got hurt, which is unfortunate. Um, and you're going to play now, but you are going to play fourth line. Now, the good thing now, though, is, again, this being a different team, the fourth line guys play, like they or, or they can. Like, if they're playing well, they will play, right? So, yeah, um, the final my final thought is this, too. Just think about this for a second, Jack. Okay. If and when Marco Rossi is prepared to play here, all right? Mm-hmm. You know... The center position in, at that point in time is stacking up pretty well. Yeah. Eck is good. I mean, he's, you know, I, I think he's a, I I do not think that he's a number one center, but I think that he is certainly productive and I like him. All right. Yep. Goudreau has way more speed than I thought. I don't think his hands work as well. Like, I think he knows exactly what he wants to do and, and his speed gets him there quickly. I don't think his hands are great, but he is, but he is, he belongs here. Like, like he is a pro. Um, Sturm to me just continues to, to improve. I, I love him. Like, I think that Sturm gets better and better and better. I like him. So, but my point is, my point is this, when, when Rossi is set to make the jump, um, you're going to have a viable case that if Rossi is a top, uh, top six guy, uh, that you could very well have, let's say this, um, Erickson Eck, Eck, Rossi, Sturm, Goudreau. All of a sudden, that's not too bad. No, not at all. And, and if Rossi becomes the player that we expect, that could be damn good. And by the way, Rossi, and if Sturm, yeah. I mean, Sturm could keep going. So, you know, in, 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 I don't know, a year plus. It could be Rossi, Sturm, mm-hmm. Eck, Goudreau. Yeah, uh, and, and Rossi's getting hot, man. Uh, in his last five games in Iowa here, I mean, he has a point in every game. He has uh, he has seven points in six games, two goals, five assists. He's playing well. Um, and he was he was a high end prospect that very well could have gone top five in the draft. Some people said, and he fell all the way to the wild at number nine. He obviously had his off the ice health scare last season, and it kept him off the ice and. Now he's in Iowa tearing up points. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to rush him. Let him let him be in Iowa. Let him let him flourish there. If mm-hmm. there's an injury, you know, like if they lo- like if they lost Eck, because we just talked about depth and the depth is fine, but it, it's just like starting pitching. Well, if you lose your ace, now all of a sudden there is a hole to fill in that rotation. There there's there's a big there's big shoes to fill or skates to fill, if you will, down the middle of that team. Um, and Rossi, who's only played now. What six calendar uh, six games? Excuse me. In the last year, that's a big ask for someone like that. But you may as well try it. You may as well try because I'm not doing Victor Rask. Tell you that much. I'm not, no, I'm not no, no. In. I'm just saying that 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 the whole depth thing to me um, is looking more and more attractive here, and and it does help too. And this this is the secondary thing that's so important now. You have a farm system. 
Yeah. Like, like with Fletch, you just didn't have it. I mean, Chuck traded everybody and then they didn't have a thing. And Iowa was terrible, I believe for a year or two. And now you've got guys that, that you can call up and they might not always be household names, but they can contribute. All right. We are done. Judd's hockey show. I'm sure back soon because well, if they continue to play well, they're all we got in this godforsaken sports town. And you know, we, we, it's number one. Totally forgot about daylight savings off the topic. I woke up today looking at my stove. And by the way, I I forgot. I had to take out the dog. uh, And my my phone said 730, but the kitchen said 830. And by the way, I had no drinks last night. And I kind of thought... What the hell? Don't you pay attention? Like they're talk, they talk about all the I time. know. Fall I completely back, forgot. I know. Yep. Spring forwards, fall back. Yep. Yeah. All that stuff. I, I, I love forgot. the extra hour. I forgot. But we got nine p.m. games next three. Yeah, nine p.m. games. So another another late night. You know what? We'll you see. You love Maybe those. We, I, I personally like them. I hate them. I want to go to sleep. The good news is, I believe after the Seattle game on Saturday, or yeah. or one of these next games, yeah, that they, I think there's only like a very few. They're getting them all out early. Like okay. the majority of these 9 p.m. games are done with already, which is good. The nice thing is this team now fun to watch. Yeah, the nine o'clock starts are really tough when you dump and chase and guys move real slow and you try to get the puck back and then you can't. Right, right. It's much yeah. more fun to watch a team that's fast, exciting. Oh my god, and not completely selfish. All right, Dex, say your thing. All right, man. Pass. Shoot. Score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.